0: The first person to survive Alzheimer's disease is out there, and the Alzheimer's Association is going to make it happen. But we won't get there without you. Visit ALZ.org to join the fight.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung. Hey everybody, it's Los. Week uh, week four we just finished. How is this going by so fast? A quarter of the way through the NFL season, and... A third of the way through the fantasy season, jeez. Yeah, I um, this week was not kind to me. I got killed in pretty much all my leagues. Just you know, one of those one of those weeks where you know some of the leagues you have guys underperform. I had Fournette and Jordan Howard going, and the leagues where I did have some guys blow up like John Brown, I had the misfortune of going up against Alvin Kamara or Melvin Gordon. Just just rough overall, but as, uh, as Bill Belichick has said many a time, we are on to week five.
0: Yeah, another week where like half the tight ends that were relevant got injured or blown up in some way or another week. We need to
1: find some uh, backup tight ends for these teams this year. Oh yeah, we'll be talking about some tight ends for sure at the waiver wire section, but we will get to that and more. Um, first, we will start with our Gillette Close Shave of the Week. This week, the defending Super Bowl champions were in the Music City, but the Titans were ready for them. The Eagles found some success, but the Tennessee defense kept the game close. On offense, rookie wide receiver Corey Davis came to play. Davis racked up nine catches for 161 yards, including a clutch game-winning 10-yard touchdown on 3rd and 10 with 5 seconds left in overtime. Get your close shave like Corey Davis with Gillette, the best a man can get. Wanna try blades for less? It's easy. Just choose the right blade for you. Order conveniently on the website, by email or by text, and your blades will get shipped right to your door. Start today and get three dollars off your first order.
0: A lot of great options for this week for the uh for the player of the week. Um, excellent choice, Corey Davis, my man, a guy I really liked coming out of college, a guy I really liked uh, to finally get a chance in the NFL, get a, get him as quarterback back, and I guess this is exactly what happens, right? Um, I thought it might have been A.J. Green coming in the back of the end zone um, with, with that uh, game-winning catch. Could have been Mitchell Trubisky, but, but very happy with Corey Davis' selection this week.
1: Yeah, I definitely considered both of those guys that you just mentioned as well.
0: All right. That will take us into uh, our Thursday night football game this week, Indianapolis at New England. Uh, Andrew Luck put up 464 yards and four touchdowns on 62 hole attempts with an, of course, extra overtime quarter versus Houston. He's a fine quarterback, one versus New England. Uh, The running backs did absolutely nothing on the ground, 30 combined yards on their 14 combined carries. But the receiving uh, rookie Naeem Hines had a big day through the air. Nine catches on 11 targets, 63 yards, and two touchdowns. Again, this was all without Marlon Mack. Robert Turbin's probably coming back this week. I guess you should probably add Hines, but I'm definitely not starting him without seeing better on-field consistency here. Um, per Frank Reich, Hilton T.Y. Hilton's unlikely to play, but would be a wide receiver too if he did. And Eric Ebron has a solid tight end option for me if, if uh, Jack Doyle remains out this week.
1: Yeah, I actually disagree on that call as luck as a as a. You know, rock-solid QB1 this week. He struggled noticeably with Hilton out of the game. Um, I have him as a very high-end QB2, maybe a low-end QB1. Um, just He has that upside due to the projected game script. Uh, I would expect this to be a high-scoring affair with the Colts secondary just devastated by injuries right now. The Patriots are likely going to score a lot here, but um, New England's defense seems to be coming together a little bit after shutting down the 3-0 and Dolphins coming into Week 4 luck he he'll be a high upside but a low floor option for me this week um in terms of the running backs i guess if mac is out again then Hines has to be a high on rb3 or flex play here just again given the projected high scoring in this game he's gonna be that james white role and rack up those ppr points even if the touchdowns don't come again this week um as for zach pascal uh, i have no idea who the heck he is uh, nope. Apparently he came out of Old Dominion. I had to look that one up, but uh, okay, I thought he was Rapunzel's friend. <laughs> uh, well, Rapunzel's friend had six catches for fifty-six yards and a touchdown with Hilton out. But I can't imagine starting Pascal outside of the deepest, deepest leagues. Uh, if you're a Ty Hilton owner and you're desperate, there's nothing out at uh, you know on the waiver wire and wide receiver. I'd probably grab Chester Rogers if I had to pick one of the Colts wide receivers. Uh, Rogers and Hines each had eleven targets in Week Four. Uh, and I do agree with you that Ebron will be a low and tight end one if Doyle misses another week, which he very well could with Indianapolis playing on a short week here Thursday night.
0: Tom Brady had a shaky day versus Miami, though did win with a 274-3 touchdown-2 interception line. Uh, 19 points despite those interceptions. Sony Michelle and White both had nice games with Burkhead hitting the IR and even more be, maybe ahead for the first round draft pick, Michelle. 25 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown, though no passing game targets. And James White eight carries 44 yards and a touchdown with eight catches on 10 targets and 68 yards and a receiving touchdown leading the team in targets both are startable for me with white getting the edge for now if it comes down to choosing between those two running backs that said things may be changing in the future with the impending return from suspension of julian edelman he may slide in immediately as a ppr wide receiver too with more upside especially if Gronk is to miss this week um josh gordon Dorsett, Hogan are not startable for me right now. Don't get fooled by the Dorsett stats. Touchdown, trade him if you can.
1: Yeah, Brady's going to have a field day against this whole, uh, this hurt Colts secondary here. Um, Patrick Mahomes has been my top fantasy quarterback the last couple of weeks, but Brady's going to be my number one this week in a great matchup. Uh, the Texans didn't find much success against the Colts on the ground, but I actually do like Sony Michelle as a mid-range RB three or flex play. Uh, He should should get plenty of carries in a game where I would expect the Patriots to lead most of the way. Um, And I actually have White below him as just a low-end flex play. I don't think he's going to get nearly as many check down targets now that Brady's go-to guy, Julian Edelman, is back on the field. Um, I, I really have no idea what's going on with Chris Hogan getting just one target against Miami. I was pretty high on him coming into the season but you certainly can't start Hogan right now. And as I said last week, I would not drop him just yet, but I also don't have an issue with dropping Hogan if you need to add somebody. Um, He'll be a desperation wide receiver for play. Uh, My rationale there is I think once Josh Gordon gets up to speed, he's going to draw away so much of the defensive attention that it's going to open up things for Gronk, Edelman, and Hogan. But again, if you need to drop Hogan, that's fine um Dorsett actually I think he'll be an okay boomer bust you know desperation wide receiver four uh and if I had to pick I guess given what's been going on I'd actually start Dorsett over Hogan this this week um Gronk uh, he left the game in the third quarter with an ankle injury but at that point they were already up four scores so um I'm not sure if the injury is necessarily what kept him out they may have just been playing it safe clearly if Gronk starts you're starting him in fantasy, but. Um, if he happens to be out for this, uh, you know, on, on a short week, only four days, uh, Dwayne Allen, he'll be a mid range tight end, too, for me. It would also be a revenge game for Allen, who, if you recall, uh, was originally on the Colts. So if you're desperate at tight end, I guess, why the heck not?
0: Love those re- revenge games. This is always, of course, a revenge game. Indianapolis versus New England. Indy, of course, starting all that. Bull crap about Deflate Gate. Nothing better than getting the bozos that started Deflate Gate at home. Give me the New England Patriots to spank Andrew Luck and the Colts.
1: Yep, give me the Patriots.
0: Denver at the New York Jets. The Broncos play tonight. I'm expecting a fine week for Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders versus the Jets. Either is a reasonable wide receiver to play. I'm hopeful to see a ton of Royce Freeman this coming game, and I will put my money where my mouth is and flex him up if the opportunity presents itself to me. In games, Denver should be ahead like this week. They should be versus the Jets, in my opinion. I fully expect to see more Royce Freeman, and and that should happen this Sunday.
1: Uh, I think I'm actually going to be on the opposite side of this again, oh, uh, no. as you are. No, no. <laughs> I think I think both of the Broncos' running backs are are going to be viable flex plays, but I still prefer Lindsey over Freeman, given his evolving in the passing game. Despite that ejection last week, I, I think the coaching staff's going to go right back to him. He already looks good tonight. Um, in fact, if you want, I'd w- I'd be willing to uh, place a small friendly wager that uh, Lindsey will outscore Freeman in PPR.
0: Well, yeah, wager it away.
1: Go ahead. All right, uh, we will see what happens. I, sh-
0: I shouldn't tie these bets to things that actually
1: hurt my heart. <laughs> but I mean, you gotta double down. You gotta have faith in the guys that you believe in, right? Yeah, I, I own them both, and I'm going with Freeman. Okay, I- I'll I'll take Lindsey here. We'll see. Um, All right. As for the wide receivers, uh, I like Sanders better than Thomas. I've got Sanders as a mid to low end wide receiver two, and Thomas is just a mid range wide receiver three or flex. Um, Thomas has been just not great so far this year. We've seen him already drop another pass tonight. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but, uh, I'm much more confident in Sanders than Thomas at this point. Um, sad news about Jake, Butt. all the best to him after his third ACL tear, but fantasy wise, this doesn't impact a whole lot. If anything, it just raises the ceiling for Manuel Sanders and maybe Cortland Sutton, uh, he'll be an interesting guy to just keep your eye on here. Uh, I would not be picking up Jeff Hireman, despite the fact that he'll be the guy replacing. But, um, but really, I, I mean, I'd avoid playing Keenum here unless you're desperate. He's still just the low-end QB two for me. We've seen him just not look good, and the Jets' defense, uh, if you recall, you know they haven't been p- playing great as of late. But they did shut down Matthew Stafford Week One. Uh, I don't feel that confident in Keenum on the road here.
0: They definitely have a lot of. T- talented players on that defense. They just have to get it together some weeks. Uh, the, the Jets were pretty well shut down versus Jacksonville. I'm not expecting much more to happen here. Um, Bilal Powell is a PPR flex play, and Quincy Anun was a PPR flex play as well. As this young team continues to grow, hopefully they can turn it into something like uh, like the Browns have, but uh, the Browns have a lot more pieces.
1: I'll look at what you said here. Not not a whole lot to add. Clearly the Jets' week one blowout of the Lions was an aberration uh, but interesting to note that Powell got more carries and receptions this past week, whereas Crowell got more carries and more receptions two weeks ago. Um, I really think they're playing this like as a hot hand running back by committee. It's really just a situation to avoid. I would I would start Powell if I had to, but both are just desperation flex plays here. Um, and as for Anunwa, he got a decent four catches for 66 yards against a very tough Jacksonville defense. I think Anun will be a fine high-end wide receiver three this week in PPR. Um, we've got a whole lot to discuss, so I will take Denver on the road. Though it wouldn't shock me if they lost due to, like, two, three interceptions from Gainham.
0: Oh, gosh. I, I, I'll take Denver on the road as well. I, I guess, would you say in general, I, I think in general, with the way that the league is, is changing, all these guys that we're saying are possible running back flexes, would you just veer towards usually going with a wide receiver in the flex I mean there's so many guys that that just have these breakaway weeks Calvin Ridley uh, I mean even Anunua has good floor wow that was a bad example but you you know what I'm saying I mean you guys will hear all the examples as we go through the other games
1: um it still depends on the situation i I think in ppr perhaps i would lean that way but at the same time there are a lot of running backs these days that are catching so many passes that you know that that impacts their floor
0: as well i suppose i suppose all right green bay at detroit
1: wait wait who are you taking here
0: didn't i say denver
1: oh did you i i may have sorry all right so we're both taking denver (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's all right. Was that Coco? Oh, that was little Coco. You know, she she loves these uh, dogs that the NFL loves to put on television. Ah, well, that makes sense. Well, we maybe I mean, we should it, ask it, her you know, what her in pick commercials,
0: is. In commercials.
1: All right, let's move on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, Green Bay at Detroit, NFC North showdown. Uh, Aaron Rodgers enters the week as, of course, a high-end uh, quarterback option. Though he. He's not really lighting the world on fire, to be honest. Um, they, they worked in Aaron Jones this game, and uh, will with uh, carries going to Jamal Williams, 11 carries, 65 yards, and a touchdown with one catch to 11 carries and 27 yards for Jamal Williams. Ty Montgomery had some deep catches, but nothing worth starting really here. Aaron Jones is a low-end running back, too and Williams is a flex consideration. Uh, Randall Cobb missed the game with a hamstring injury, and Geronimo Allison made up for his absence with a nice 6-for-80 line before leaving with a concussion. Uh, Devontae Adams had another 14 targets, still a wide receiver one, and Jimmy Graham had one touchdown on three targets. He, he remains a low-end, tight-end one. Um, if Cobb and Allison can't make it in this game, though, I like his, uh, I like his outlook a lot better
1: yeah um a lot up in the air with this game with the wide receiver's health status you're starting rogers as a top quarterback option, and you're starting Devonte Adams as a low end wide receiver one, but I do agree that Graham um has his floor and ceiling elevated if one or both of uh Cobb and Allison can't go. I have him as a low end tight end one right now, but might bump him up a little bit depending on those wide receivers um I've been saying forever that Aaron Jones is the guy that you want in Green Bay. And again, he just looked like the best running back out there. Um, Right now he's nothing more than just a flex because the usage is still very up and down, but um, I would compare him to Jay Jay right now, kind of a boom or bust wide receiver three or excuse me, running back three or flex play. Um, But really, I think hopefully we'll see his carries and his usage go up because I think Green Bay can use him uh, to divert some attention from Rogers here. And then in terms of the wide receivers, um, it depends on their health. If Cobb can go and Allison can't, then Cobb would be a low-end wide receiver two for me. But if the opposite were true, if Allison recovers from his concussion and Cobb is still struggling with a the hamstring, then Allison would be a low-end wide receiver too. And if both play, then both are flex plays for me. A chance for the wide receiver
0: too. on Green Bay to score tons of points, of course. Um, for the Lions, Matt Stafford got his groove back. Unfortunately, he is not surrounded by much confidence on the other side of the football. Look for Stafford to air it out for some yardage versus Green Bay. A solid quarterback one this week. And these wide receivers, I, I like the upside of all three of them this week. Golden Tate, eight of eight for 132 and two touchdowns. He was waiting for a nice breakout day, and it came. Kenny Galladay for, for, four, for <laughs> four for four for <laughs> four four for four four 74 yards and uh and jones three for 56 and he had some more chances to connect on downfield throws here um tate is still my choice if it comes down to it but all three are fine in my book good flex options at the very least they need to give carry on johnson the keys to the city already though nine carries 55 yards and a touchdown only one passing game target i get it there are two other decent backs here in ligard London, theoretic, but this needs to change. Market for me. By the end of this year, on, Johnson will be a game-changer and will lead people in fantasy championships.
1: Just a quick side note here. I hope someday Leonard Fournette has a massive game with 44 carries just so we can hear you say 44 carries for <laughs> Fournette. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> but uh back to the lions here uh nothing's really changed from what i said last week um i have carry on johnson as a flex play who could be more if you ever got a true lead back role kind of similar to how i view aaron jones these are the guys who you know are clearly the most talented guys in their running back committees but their coaching staff refuses to give them more workload uh as for the wide receivers uh tate and galladay i like both of them as wide receiver twos and jones is still startable as a wide receiver three or flex play um i like stafford too as a low end qb1 against the packers defense that shut down uh, rookie josh allen but stafford should do just fine in week three at home uh, the Lions are playing very well right now in offense and it's possible that Rodgers is going to be missing one or two of his usual starting wide receivers uh, i'm actually going to take a chance here on the underdog detroit Lions this week
0: I wish I could do the same, but there's there's a reason Aaron Rodgers is the highest-paid player in the league. He gets it done in his division. Give me the Packers.
1: All right, we'll see.
0: New York Giants at the Carolina Panthers. Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley are studs. If Evan Ingram is back this game, I start him as a low-end tight end one. A lot of tight end injuries, so calling somebody a low-end tight end one isn't exactly a... Uh, you know, a beaming approval or anything, but I do like Evan Ingram on the whole. If he is not playing, Sterling Shepard will have enough value to be a solid flex, just like he was this week, uh, where he posted 10 for 10 targets, uh, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Very nice if you slotted him in.
1: Yeah, I believe Ingram's still going to be out for at least two to three weeks with that MCL yeah. sprain. Um, at least that's the assumption that I'm operating under. Um, but, man... Eli Manning just needs to retire already. Oh,
0: two weeks, three weeks in a row you're asking for it.
1: Yeah, I I am. It's just, it's awful to watch these games. It hurts my eyes, but.
0: Who are they going to play though?
1: They just, they drafted Barkley as a crutch for Manning and he checks it down 10 times a game instead of, you know, when they could have drafted his replacement. And it's just frustrating because he's limiting Odell Beckham, which I own in a couple leagues but you can't bench Beckham because then you know he's going to have that like 10 catch for 200 yard game. That's right. Anyway, uh, as long so you as you don't own Saquon Barkley anywhere, in other words, unfortunately well, I, sense, I don't. Because you wouldn't have the first overall in any league, would you? That is very correct. Um yeah, I love actually, you know what? I I will say um that's actually false. I I did uh own that first overall pick in one of my <laughs> dynasty leagues. Um but I actually traded him uh, the one the one oh one for Michael Thomas and I'm pretty happy with that. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, that was, uh, that was preseason. I'm I'm happy to report I'm I'm currently three and and potentially four and depending on how Mahomes and Tyree Hill do tonight in that league. So very nice. Very a quick, nice. Quick a quick rebuild there, but enough bragging. Um Barkley's gonna be a solid R B one as soon as long as he gets those double digit targets in the passing game every week. Uh, And as you said, uh, with Ingram out, I think Shepard's going to be a viable wide receiver three for the time being.
0: Carolina gets a full two weeks to prepare for this week. I I love Cam Newton and uh, Christian McCaffrey as one's in their respective positions. Uh, Devin Funches is a lower-end flex. He's He's got the name value, of course, from last year, but Newton is spreading the ball around pretty well, and Funches has never really been a guy whose talent has left the world on fire. Uh, there may be a hefty dose of C.J. Anderson in the fourth quarter this week. I, I expect Carolina to get up early and uh, sort of sit on him if they can.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with your calls on Newton and McCaffrey and, and Funches as well, but I'm not so sure about C.J. Anderson. I probably wouldn't start him unless you're really desperate oh, no, here. no, no way. Um, Yeah, I, th- I think Carolina would need to be up a lot of points for him to see significant touches here. They've really committed to McCaffrey as that workhorse back. Um, the other note here is I, I keep an eye on D.J. Moore's targets in this game. Uh, the rookie may have an expanded role coming out of their bye week, and Moore would be worth a potential preemptive add if you play in deeper leagues and need wide receiver help. And then finally, Greg Olson, uh, if he was dropped in your league, he's worth a look here. Uh, there's a small chance that he may return this week, though it sounds like it's more likely he's back in a week, another week or two. Um, and just given the state of the tight end situation in fantasy right now, Olson needs to be owned in 100% of leagues because uh, unless you have Kelsey or Ertz, you're really not getting that kind of consistency at tight end. Um, you know, this defense, too, is going to be an interesting play. Uh, against Eli and company Uh, again the Panthers are fresh off their bye week and and they just signed former Pro Bowl safety Eric Reed too so um, if you need to I think that defense is streamable this week as well I will take Carolina at home
0: give me Carolina at home too Tennessee at Buffalo I'm always fan of a good upset, especially uh, against the defending champions, Marcus Mariota, and gave us a very nice 30-point day, a rushing touchdown, 350 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and an interception to boot, of course. Uh, He shouldn't have to do as much here and won't have the benefit of overtime to do it in. I'd avoid him based on expected volume this week. I I actually think this will be a decent enough Derrick Henry week after giving us just eight carries for 24 yards. My confidence is not super high, but he should at worst be at running back 25, meaning he should be starting in in most leagues. Uh, Deion Lewis should be a fine flex as well. And Corey Davis, well, he, he was clearly waiting for Marcus Mario to come back. Nine catches, 15 targets, 161 yards in the game-winning touchdown. Not hugely efficient, but the numbers are there. The numbers don't lie, and if Mariota keeps slinging the ball at him, he's going to produce. He is a very talented player. He's very much in play as a flex player with Mariota starting.
1: Yeah, the Titans and Mariota in particular bounced back in a big way this week, but I still have him just a mid-range QB2 on the road against a pretty good Bills defense that limited Aaron Rodgers to 15 points this week. Um I don't really have a preference between Henry and Lewis at running back here. If I had to pick, I would probably take the safe floor of Deion Lewis and PPR. But as you said, Henry certainly has a has a high ceiling this week if that offense gets to the red zone a couple times. Um, we mentioned earlier uh, our Gillette Close Shave of the Week player, uh, Corey Davis, finally had that breakout game, and he should continue to be high end wide receiver three with upside this week if that kind of target share continues. Um, The other guy here, Taewon Taylor, he might be worth a look as well on the waiver wire. Had seven catches for 77 yards on nine targets after Rashard Matthews asked for his release. Um, Taylor was a highly touted rookie coming out. Uh, he could have flex value in PPR if he holds on to this number two wide receiver role for the Titans. We've seen in recent weeks that the number two guy can be very productive if, the, if all the defensive coverage is on the top guy. And case in point, look at guys like Calvin Ridley and Tyler Boyd. Um, Taylor's probably not quite as t- talented as those guys, but he could certainly see the same kind of opportunity here. And then finally, this Titans defense is pretty legit right now. Even though they lost their safety, Kenny Vaccaro, to a dislocated elbow for a couple weeks, um, it looks like they're you know worthwhile uh, if you need a streaming defense option this week against the rookie Josh Allen.
0: On the Buffalo Bills side of the football, Green Bay did to Buffalo what the Vikings should have done uh, last week and shut them out. LaShawn McCoy was held to five carries, twenty four yards, with three catches on six targets for thirteen. Keep holding him. Some better days may be coming. The targets will be there uh, for Jones and Benjamin, but this is this is not a team you want to hedge your season on, especially not right now.
1: Yeah, I was really, really low on McCoy in the preseason, but he is still a usable flex play here in fantasy. His ceilings obviously capped by you know the state of this offense, but he should return to more of a workhorse role as his crapped ribs continue to heal each week. Um, I do think that McCoy will be, you know, a useful but uninspiring flex play going forward.
0: Give in the Titans.
1: Yep, Titans.
0: Atlanta at Pittsburgh in, in what might be the high-scoring game of the week. Atlanta players continue to be very frustrating to own, though. Ito Smith, seven carries for 35 yards with the touchdown, which I'm certain tevin coleman owners were not thrilled about occurring uh tevin coleman had a respectable day 14 carries 51 yards three catches for 26 but those 10 points are not what you're looking for as as likely you're running the back one for your team um but hey 10 points is better than nine right uh with Devontae freeman probably back this week he'll just be a flex again and julio jones continues a touchdown streak but nine catches on 12 targets 173 yards and at this point i think the highest. Uh, highest receiving total on the week for a receiver. It's uh, frustrating, but he's still a wide receiver one. Uh, Calvin Ridley snagged two touchdowns on just four targets, which is a definite anomaly. Uh, Sanu went six uh, catches on nine targets for 111 yards. Both have definite flex upside versus Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm looking at you, Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans' owners, guys who need to find a wide receiver. These are your options here.
1: Yep, um, Matt Ryan had another nice day. You're starting him as a top five fantasy quarterback one, and you know going forward, Devontae Freeman seems likely to play this week. He'll be a high end RB two, assuming he does, and Coleman will be back to just a flex play here. As for the wide receivers, uh, I saw a fun stat on Twitter from Scott Barrett uh, about the Atlanta wide receivers and that is that through four games Calvin Ridley has caught six touchdowns from Matt Ryan and yeah. Julio Jones has caught six touchdowns from Matt Ryan over their last 31 <laughs> games yikes i don't i don't like how that sounds <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean Julio's still a wide receiver one uh, especially in PPR yeah. but you know if somebody offered me Calvin Ridley for Julio Jones right now i would still take Julio but i'd ha- i'd oh, have to yeah. at least think about it um You know, I actually have Ridley as a mid-range wide receiver, too, as well this week. Uh, After Pittsburgh's secondary, got ripped apart by the Ravens and John Brown. Um, And even Mohamed Sanu, Uh, I have him as a low on flex play in what should be, as you said, a shootout in Pittsburgh this week.
0: Yeah, I I personally would take Sanu over Ridley this week, Um, but, you know, you may be splitting pairs there. Um, Pittsburgh. Well, this was one of those all-time Ravens Steelers matchups we look forward to every year, right? Uh, a lot of smash mouth playing, a lot of chippiness, a lot of penalties, and of course, Big Ben. You know, not winning at home. Atlanta's defense, though, is a long point similar to the Chiefs' defense. So, do not shy away from your Steelers at all this week.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough to explain what happened with Roethlisberger last night. He missed Antonio Brown a bunch of times and was just inaccurate overall i don't know if he was dealing with some kind of injury or if he's just getting old or what but you know he said in his press conference after the game it was all on him and you know he's going to do what he needs to to get that fixed but regardless you're starting him at home uh, in fantasy as a mid-range qb1 this game has shootout written all over it i'd start connor as well as a high on rb2 even after an ugly game in week four um atlanta just gives up so many catches to the running back that he's got that upside i don't think you can bench connor unless you have much better options here Brown and Juju you're starting they both have a huge potential as low end wide receiver ones and I think it's time to start ranking Vance McDonald as a low end tight end one he continues to make big plays for Pittsburgh and he's starting to get more and more of that snap share over Jesse James uh, honestly depending on what Vegas does I, I'd, pre- I'd take the over on like 55 points scored in this game and you know it could go either way here but I'll take the Steelers in a bounce back game at home.
0: Yeah, this should be a bounce back game for James Conner. He has he has really not looked good the past two weeks, and I'm certain that the team is really missing Le'Veon Bell. Um, give me Pittsburgh as well, though, at home.
1: Yeah, speaking of Le'Veon Bell, um, news just came out on Twitter tonight that uh, you know Le'Veon Bell may be back week seven. Uh, Steelers bye. Um, and that the Steelers okay. are still shopping him, but they're certainly not, you know, desperate to move him. Especially with the news that he may return in just a couple of weeks. So, if you own Bell, depending on what your record is, um, my recommendation would be: if you're, you know, one and three after this week or something, need some help now. You can't wait till week seven, week eight. Um, you know, trade him for something, someone that you can use now. Especially with the news that he'll be back. There's no guarantees that he'll be back. Uh, and then. You know, if you're 4-0, 3-1, doing well, then you can afford to hold on to Bell. That would be my recommendation.
0: All right. Uh, Baltimore at Cleveland rounding out the AFC North. Uh, Baltimore picked up the hard-fought win in Pittsburgh, and they continue their quest for the AFC North crown this week in Cleveland. This is shaping to be a pretty tough division, 1-4. through Of course, Cleveland not winning many games and losing again this week, but they're a lot better than we've seen them. Uh, Joe Flacco gave us another usable week, 260 plus and two touchdowns, but face the Cleveland defense that I'm not saying that I'm afraid of it at all. There's just better streaming options out there this week, especially with just the jumble of players that put up points on this offense with, with very minimal consistency. Alex Collins and Bucky Allen split the touches pretty evenly with Alex Collins fumbling at the goal line and neither playing being, neither player being hugely effective versus Pittsburgh. Um, John Brown, Michael Crabtree, and Willie Snead each had seven to eight targets apiece, but it looks like Brown is out there just about every play. He, he only converted three receptions, but I think he's the wide receiver to play for now at least.
1: Yeah, real quick, um, before I get to the Ravens, I do have a lot to say about them, but you know I've, I've had a lot of conversations about Pat Mahomes, and uh, you know, one of the points that I've made is that we have yet to see his ceiling because he has that rushing ability and we haven't really yeah. seen that yet. And here it is. There his it first is. rushing touchdown. Yep.
0: There it is. Uh, about 15 yards out, uh, heads, right. Uh, beats the pass rush, go- comes to the left and runs the ball. And-
1: yeah, And I, I think I have to go back and watch it again, but I think there was a safety that he beat.
0: Wow. Quick. That's yeah. A quick boy.
1: Um, <laughs> all right. Back to the Ravens here. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Flacco is the QB 14 in fantasy through week four. He has more points than Aaron Rodgers, more than Tom Brady, more than Russell Wilson, and more than Matthew Stafford. Um, we all saw this coming. I mean, we've been talking about Flacco on the waiver wire section every single week here. Uh, if you need quarterback help, uh, he's he's a target for you. Um, I have him as a high-end QB 2 option again this week against the Cleveland defense that will be without one of their top cornerbacks, Terrence Mitchell. Uh, he broke his forearm against Oakland this past week. And Ouch. as you said, uh, John Brown, he's the clear wide receiver one right now in Baltimore despite the target share. Um, Flacco goes to him early and often. He trusts him in the red zone. I have Brown as the low-end wide receiver too. Uh, Michael Crabtree's stat line wasn't great, but Flacco actually just missed him on what would have been a wide open, like 40-yard yeah, touchdown a on a double move. Yeah, that was on yeah. Flacco, but he's still a low-end flex play for me. Um, Crabtree could certainly pay dividends this week if they decide to shift attention over to John Brown. And then despite a nice game from Sneed and Max Williams, there there's just too many mouths to feed right now in this offense, especially with Hayden Hurst potentially back too next week. Uh I've got Sneed as a desperation wide receiver five and Max Williams just a desperation low end tight end two. I'd still avoid them. And then, of course, sad news for Alex Collins' owners. He had that early touchdown catch, but then he fumbled near the goal line and was promptly benched for a bit. It pains me to say this, but Javorius Allen is the better fantasy running back on the Ravens right now. Um, Allen's a high-end running back three for me this week. Collins will be a low-end boomer bust flex play, depending on whether he gets a touchdown to punch in, if they you know, even let him near the goal line anymore. <laughs>
0: As for Cleveland, Cleveland did Cleveland things, going to overtime yet again this season, this time losing to the Raiders. Uh, Don't touch Baker Mayfield versus Baltimore. Let him prove it to us first. Uh, Carlos Hyde. Should be a fine running back, too. Now, Nick Chubb did have two big time Georgia Bulldog runs, combined three carries for 105 yards and two touchdowns, but that did not earn him any carries in this overtime period or any carries of any important time. So I highly doubt that coaching will increase his opportunities just yet, especially not this week. Uh, Duke Johnson made an appearance, converted a two point conversion, but. Uh, not one worthy of a fantasy start for us uh i'm certainly not going out on a limb on any of these pass catchers versus baltimore and top uh, cornerback jimmy smith coming back better days are ahead for this team just just don't go crazy week five with crazy long shot cleveland players come on
1: um i'm gonna have a quick little rant here and i want to hear your thoughts <laughs> when i'm done But I I think that was just infuriating play calls from the Cleveland coaching staff. I I could not believe it when they punted on fourth and inches um, with the game on the line. I mean, you had the lead, and all you need to do is convert that first down. Why why draft Baker Mayfield number one overall if you're not going to trust him and rely on him in crucial situations like that? I mean, whether it's a QB sneak, whether it's a quick little slant, whatever it is, I mean, put the ball in his hands and, and, you know, go for the win here. It just, it it made me so angry. It it reminded me of back in the day. I'm not saying that Baker Mayfield is Peyton Manning, but when Denver used to run three straight times in close games, instead of giving it to Peyton and, and, you know, they ended up losing when they had to punt. And in my opinion, the Browns just, they don't deserve Baker Mayfield right now. They need to get rid of Hugh Jackson (laughs) Uh, anyway, rant, rant over. Do, do you think that was the right call, just punting it there on fourth and inches?
0: Absolutely. Any way you can get the Cleveland coaching staff to lose more games, I think that is the right call. They're not winning this division. Each of the three teams are better than them. This team is not going to the Super Bowl. Keep bringing in top five picks. Come
1: on. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, back to fantasy here. Um, <laughs> I think Mayfield's going to be a risky mid-range QB2 this week. Uh, the Ravens defense, they got C.J. Mosley back last night against Pittsburgh, looked good, and now they get Jimmy Smith back from his four-game suspension. You know, they they should be the tough Ravens defense that we're used to, so Carlos Hyde is still usable as a flex play, um, but even though Chubb is the more talented back here, you can't trust starting him until he gets a little bit more usage here. Duke Johnson finally got involved a little bit more, but again, he's still just a desperation running back four until we see a little more usage Jarvis Landry he'll be a decent high end wide receiver three low low-end wide receiver two and he's the only Cleveland wide receiver I trust even with Higgins nice game against Oakland here Um, I will say Callaway has high upside Uh, we have yet to see it but as Mayfield continues to develop Callaway may turn into a viable flex play and then finally David Njoku uh, relevant again with Mayfield under center he'll be a low end tight end one for the rest of the season for me but as for this week um, I just have a, I just have him as a high-end tight end too. Um, Baltimore is pretty stingy against opposing tight ends, especially with Smith back. Despite what Mance McDonald was able to do, do to them.
0: Just keep an eye on Antonio Callaway if you're a dynasty owner. Rookie wide receivers who keep fumbling footballs don't, uh, don't find themselves having very long NFL careers. I'll just put that out there.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I think it's still too early to to say that he's got a fumbling problem.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's just—it seems less fumbling and more just like, just, just, just a little bit of dumbness out there. And he already has the the character concerns, which I am not going into. But you know, just, just be wary with with this guy. You know, just, just be wary. Uh, give me Baltimore coming in on the road and and giving Cleveland a loss in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, give me give me the Ravens. Um, it would not shock me if they won the AFC North this year.
0: Yep. Uh, Miami at Cincinnati. Ryan Tannehill got benched versus the Patriots' pedestrian defense for Brock Gosweiler. and the offense predictably did not exactly turn into a juggernaut. I don't really think digging into these stats is going to do much for us. This is a team that you're not winning with anytime soon. Uh, Kenny Still still has some upside versus the Cincinnati team, as the offense will
1: need to put up points. Yeah. By the way, I'm glad our, uh, Philip Lindsay Royce Freeman bet is for next week because Freeman yeah, right? just got a touchdown. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. It made um, me
0: very happy. You ought to earn this, uh, ought to earn Royce Freeman some, some extra, extra carries. Free this man.
1: Yeah. That was a really good run. He dragged that linebacker into the end zone. Um, that's
0: why he get, that's why he got drafted in the second round. He's a, he's a money
1: player. <laughs> All right. So we'll see what happens next week though. Um, I I said last week that I, I might regret streaming Ryan Tannehill and indeed I'm glad that I didn't end <laughs> up doing that um, uh, does our producer Dan want to chip in at all here because he did start Ryan Tannehill in the league oh God, oh, no. Ouch. I'm not, I'm not I don't have my microphone on even get me started <laughs> um, so Dan doesn't have his mic on but uh, he said don't even get him started if you couldn't hear him but, I'm gonna, right now I'm up by .2 <laughs> Um, Anyway, I think Tannehill will be a low-end quarterback too that I'd probably avoid this week. Um, But I think the more shocking thing on the Dolphins is that Kenyon Drake took a clear backseat to Gore in terms of carries and in the passing game. Um, Gore had that receiving touchdown too, but you can't trust any Dolphins running back right now. For me, I I don't think you can start Drake right now, and then Gore would be a very low-end desperation flex play and the only viable guy, really, is Kenny Stills is a boomer bust, you know, flex play as well. There's just not a whole lot going on. Have they said that Brock Osweiler isn't starting this week? I, I, you can't go to Brock Osweiler, can you? <laughs> you just.
0: I mean, they just, they pulled him mid-game. What are you going to say? Oh, he, he Brock Osweiler went in there and scored a touchdown. And Tannehill didn't uh, do anything to take his job back. I,
1: Hmm, I just I I can't talk about Brock Osweiler right now if Miami starts Osweiler at Cincinnati I I think there are major issues going on with that franchise I think this is a pretty good Cincinnati is a pretty good team to uh, use as a save as a survivor pick this week Uh, yeah I'd probably agree with that but we thought we all thought that about New Orleans too so who knows
0: That is true. Uh, Cincinnati's offense has been high-powered, even without Joe Mixon, um, who may be returning this week. If he does, I like him a lot. If he doesn't, I like Giovanni Bernard a lot. He has been stellar. Tyler Boyd put up 100 yards and a touchdown on 15 targets. A.J. Green had 48 yards. uh, uh, No. Four catches, eight targets, 78 yards, and a game-winning touchdown. John Ross, two catches, 53 yards, and a touchdown. Even Tyler Eifert had the touchdown before a bad-looking leg injury. Um, Mixon is a running back one, assuming he's back. I like Boyd again this week for Miami. I'm not ready to trust John Ross at all just yet. Uh, Tyler Boyd's target share should continue with Eifert, likely out for some time here. I I told you guys to add him about three weeks ago. Hope some of you did. Um, Hope some of you guys are reaping the benefits of it
1: yes yeah, speaking of guys that we told you guys to add uh andy dalton is the quarterback 10 right now in fantasy uh and he yeah. likely will get joe mixon back this week um again as you said even if mixon's out you're starting bernard in his place uh plug and play but assuming that mixon returns uh he'll be he'll be a rock solid rb1 after the patriots just ran all over the dolphins here um you're starting green of course as wide receiver one and then tyler boyd i've got him as a high and wide receiver too especially as you said um with Eifert out for the season with that ankle fracture. Um, you know, Boyd's gonna get a ton of targets and he's doing things with them. John Ross, he'll be a desperation wide receiver for. Uh he's still not seeing enough targets to be reliable, but he does have that speed to break a long touchdown any given day. Uh and you know with Tyler Eifert out, the other Tyler, Tyler Croft uh will be an interesting name to watch. Croft has generally played the majority of the snaps when Eifert has missed time in years past. Uh, he'll be just a mid-range tight end, two for me this week, but he could become more in a Bengals offense that's clicking right now. I would keep a close eye on Croft's target share this week and maybe even add him preemptively if you owned Eifert or you just need tight end help in general. Uh, as you said, uh, give me the red-hot Bengals team here. we're uh, pr- pretty, pretty confident in this pick.
0: The red-hot Bengals with the red-hot red-headed quarterback. You're welcome. Jacksonville at the Kansas City Chiefs, Uh, there is no more player, there is no player more frustrating in the NFL right now than Leonard Fournette uh, out and then in and then out again he's probably going to miss a few weeks and TJ Yeldon is a Running back one in an awesome matchup this week, at least. Uh, Blake Bortles is a high upside quarterback stream, probably my quarterback stream of the week. And the wide receivers continue their ridiculous roulette of production from last year. This past week's winner was D.D. Westbrook. Nine catches, 13 targets, and 130 yards. With Dante Moncrief slotting in there with five catches for 109 yards and a touchdown. I still prefer the upside of Keelan Cole to Dante Moncrief, but cannot blame you for wanting uh, D.D. Westbrook in that mix as well.
1: Um, so I'm going to be very clear with my next statement. Uh, as a player, I, I like Leonard Fournette a lot. He's a very talented running back and, uh, you know, injuries are, are never the fault of the player. Don't, don't be an idiot and tweet at your fantasy players for getting hurt, stupid things like that. But that said in fantasy right now, I hate him. Um, I own Fournette in a league. Uh, I'm going to need to shop him around a little bit because I I'm going to be one in three after this week, I think. Um, just so frustrating with that recurring hamstring injury. Um, the upside here is that Blake Bortles is going to be a risk-ward QB2 in a game that should, you know, where they should probably need to play catch-up. And then, um, you know, I have Yeldon as a high-end RB2 in this matchup. He should be used early and often in the passing game this week. He'll be an RB2 for as long as Fournette is out. And, um, as you said the I think you said uh, the term you used was ridiculous roulette but it's a full-blown wide receiver by committee in Jacksonville here uh, I honestly don't know it's, it I've got all three as low-end flex plays that are you know boom or bust. if I had to pick them I would rank them Cole then Moncrief then Westbrook um, and then finally I do like Austin Safarian Jenkins as a low-end tight end one with some big upside this week Uh, The Chiefs have been burned in the middle of the field uh, already by Vance McDonald and George Kittle. And then finally, I would consider benching the Jacksonville defense. They've been up and down this year, and facing the Chiefs on the road is going to be a tall task.
0: It will be a tall task. Those Chiefs, tonight we're sort of getting an early Christmas gift, being able to see Kansas City play on Monday night live while we're recording the podcast. The matchup versus Jacksonville will be tough for sure, but they will be at home also. Um, I I don't think we should be fearful of starting Pat Mahomes. He's showing us that versus this uh, tough pass rush with Von Miller, Mahomes is able to, while his passing numbers aren't phenomenal, he's able to get away from that pass rush, ran in that touchdown as we talked about already. I'd start him for sure, unless you happen to be a Breeze or Brady or Rodgers' owner, if, if you think he's going to turn in a quarterback one week. I, I'd probably avoid Sammy Watkins this week, given the matchups he usually gets on the outside. Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Boyer While I put all my chips in on on, uh, on Kelsey and and, uh, and Tyreek Hill, I think they should be able to shake free for quite a bit. Jacksonville filters the ball towards the middle of the field. Travis Kelsey will be the benefactor there. And I think uh, Kareem Hunt should be a fine running back, too, this week. Running
1: back one on the season, running back two this week. <laughs> go, go crazy. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, real quick, back to Jacksonville. We, we've seen tonight, you know, I, I wrote these notes before the game tonight, obviously, but we've seen that the Chiefs' run defense is, uh, you know, really struggling right now. So perhaps, um, you know, even better for TJ Yeldon here. Yep. but. As for the Chiefs, uh, you know, Denver's actually made them look kind of mortal tonight so far, tied up 10-10 to 10 at this point in our recording here, but I'm not scared. I'm not benching the Holmes. Uh, he might struggle against a very good Jaguars defense and only get you 10 or, 10, 10 or 12 points here, but I'd be okay putting him in my starting lineup if the alternative means benching him and missing out on another 30-35 point day from, you know, the leader of one of the best offenses in the league right now. Um, you know, we, we've discussed my stance on selling Kareem Hunt here. Uh, you have him as an RB2 this week. I have him as a high-end flex play uh, against a tough Jacksonville run defense. Um, he got uh, quite a few carries early on in this game, but um, Reed always seems to go away from running the ball uh, in the second half, uh, especially against, uh, again, a, a Jacksonville run defense that's very tough right now. Uh, I'm not benching Hill or Kelsey either. And I actually think Watkins is still going to be a viable flex play who could actually see a lot of targets if Jacksonville focuses on trying to bracket coverage on Hill and Kelsey. So until we see somebody shut down these Chiefs, I'm betting on the Chiefs. Uh, it might be this week that we see them slow down, but I don't think so. Give me the Chiefs at home.
0: Yeah, I, I really like the Chiefs at home here. It'd be. It'd be- a tougher call for me if they did have to travel down to Jacksonville, but but Arrowhead is a very tough uh, Kansas City, I don't even know if it's called Arrowhead anymore, but Kansas City has always been a very tough town to play in, um, always you know, top three to top five in crowd noise and crowd support. Um, they love their Chiefs out there, uh, and, and I'll take them this week in what could be a very close but definitely exciting game.
1: Yeah, that'll be a, a very fun game to watch, I'm sure.
0: Oakland at the LA Chargers not Clippers like I used to think 305 Eastern games being kicked off with this one I, I don't love the Raiders in this matchup the LA secondary and pass rush will give Derek Carr trouble even without Joey Bosa Marshawn Lynch is getting solid carry totals and is the clear uh clearly has the trust of John Gruden which keeps him as a solid running back to play regardless of the offensive output around him Amari Cooper had a great eight catch 128 yards in a touchdown day but he might just turn back into a pumpkin uh, since we're in October you're welcome versus LA <laughs> consider him a, a wide receiver too this week Jared Cook was great this week with eight catches on 13 targets 110 yards and two touchdowns one two his first two touchdowns of the season and it seems all my boy needs to succeed is for me to not mention his name whatsoever um His hands are probably going to turn into pumpkins this week just because I brought it up. That said, this team was beaten frequently by George Kittle, uh, and the great secondary should filter a lot of the targets to the middle of the offense, giving Cook nice tight end one upside and tight end one floor, in my opinion, Uh, as long as he doesn't eat too much buttered popcorn or spraying his his fingers playing Guitar Hero or whatever it is he does whenever he hears about me talking about him and puts up a one-catch, three-drop day for us.
1: Yeah, um, apologize for going back a lot tonight, but going back to the Chiefs real quick, just to note, uh, Sammy Watkins did leave this game with a hamstring injury. We'll see if he comes back, but that would certainly downgrade um, Mahomes a little bit if he loses another weapon here against Jacksonville.
0: Oh no! When did that happen? Uh, ju-
1: just just now. I just saw the uh, the report flash up. Um, but anyway, back to Oakland here. Um, Corey Leggett comes back. For the Chargers defense which should rejuvenate them a little bit uh, even with Bosa likely out another few weeks. Um, I like Carr as a mid-range QB too uh, despite this uh, their secondary has still had issues and really uh, we'll see how much pressure they can get on Carr here. Marshawn Lynch though is the running back eight thus far in the year in PPR. Uh, I'm not taking a victory lap just yet but I was very high on him and things are looking good. Um, I would continue to start Lynch as a high end RB2 this week Uh, As I said, the Chargers secondary has been pretty inconsistent. They've allowed big days to the elite Chiefs and Rams wide receivers, but then they shut down the Bills and Niners wide receivers. So Amari Cooper falls somewhere in between those two groups, and he'll be a high ceiling, low floor wide receiver three for me this week. And I think it's finally time to rank Jordy Nelson too as a low end flex play. Uh, He seems to have taken over Michael Crabtree's role as Carr's preferred red zone target here um seems to have that trust going so worth a shot if you're desperate here if you got guys on by and then as for jared uh, excuse me jared cook i hate to admit when you're right but when you're right you're right los uh i have cook as a low end tight end one with huge upside but as you said it would also not shock me if he had a one catch and three drop day
0: exactly and what I, I noticed he went out of the way to just snipe his, swipe him up so that I couldn't get him in. In, in one of our leagues. I forget which one it was, but it was it was mildly frustrating, i got to tell you.
1: It was, and uh, of course I, I left him on the bench this week, uh, and I started Tyler Eifert, so missed out on that.
0: Ooh, well, talk about mild, more than mildly frustrating.
1: Well, the- I was, well hold on. I was going to say, to be fair though, I think Eifert would have had a pretty nice day too had he not you know gotten sure. injured halfway through
0: definitely true and we can't count on the Raiders to go into overtime every week and and that is where he did pick up a good uh good portion of his uh yardage
1: yeah that was I was watching the numbers go up on my bench there
0: (laughs) fun game though fun game I mean you hated it as a a new new I guess Cleveland is now your your number three team Bears Mm -hmm. that no no Patriots then Bears then uh then
1: Niners that now Cleveland No, I I do love myself some Chiefs. Uh, They're they're definitely up there. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, Chiefs. I'm sorry. But uh, I I am a big Baker Mayfield fan, so I I won't apologize for that.
0: All right. Uh, The L.A. – Chargers had to fight a little harder than expected to beat San Francisco after Rivers opened the game with a, with a pick six, but settled into a three-touchdown 250-yard showing. He'll be fine this, this week versus Oakland. Gordon's a running back one. He managed uh, 25 touches to Eckler's 11. Eckler is getting enough looks to merit a flex look for me this week. Um, unfortunately, Mike Williams came back down to earth with only one catch this week. He may not be able to break out this year, but, but his future, the, the future is definitely only great for this kid. And Keenan Allen is a solid. column of a wide receiver one, column two two. I don't care. Just don't
1: bench him. Yeah, I have no idea why Mike Williams only got three targets this week, but I'm going to double down make, here. Made no sense. Yeah, but as I said, I'm going to double down here. I still like Williams as a boomer bust flex play here against the poor Oakland secondary. If you don't have better options, um, and I don't have a whole lot to add here. I agree mostly with what you said about the other Chargers players, but. In general, I just I can't imagine being a Chargers fan. They they're so inconsistent in terms of how well they play and and they're constantly injured and they just they lose easy games all the time and I, and I fully thought they were going to lose this game. Um but I but I guess I'll pick them at home against the Raiders.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'll I'll pick the Chargers at well as well, but I but I'd never bet anything actual on them.
1: Yeah, I would be very nervous to do that.
0: Minnesota at Philadelphia. Last Thursday gave us a very fun game for Minnesota that did not change my expectations whatsoever. Uh, Dalvin Cook has a longer week to recover, and despite a poor game versus the Rams, he's a running back one for me here. Um, start Cousins, Thielen, Diggs, and Rudolph with confidence. Th- this is a good offense that continues to
1: produce. Hmm. Uh, I don't know about that. I would I would vehemently disagree with ranking Dalvin Cook as an RB1 this week. Um hmm. The Eagles have a, a good run defense, and Cook was on a snap count with Latavius Murray getting the bulk of the work in the second half against the Rams. Uh, after the game, Cook even said that he's not 100% yet from that hamstring injury. For me, I have Cook as a low-end RB2. Um, I'm just not sure the workload's going to be there, and it's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, that said, I do think Cousins is going to be a fine low-end QB1. Uh, I like Thielen as a mid-range wide receiver 2 Diggs as a low-end wide receiver 2 Rudolph should be a fine low-end tight end one. He's been getting some consistent target share the last few weeks. And finally, this Vikings defense has been just awful. Um, I understand getting lit up by an elite Rams offense, but even before that, they scored three fantasy points each in week one, or excuse me, week two and week three after a good start week one. And that was against the gimpy Aaron Rodgers week two and a rookie Josh Allen in week three. Uh, honestly, I would bench the Vikings defense uh, at Philly this week, and I honestly wouldn't call it crazy either to drop them, given the way that, that they've been playing. This is exactly why you don't draft defenses early on in fantasy drafts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They are missing their uh, uh, missing Everson Griffin, that is for sure. Um, Philadelphia, despite the loss to Tennessee, I, I'm not concerned in the main players going forward. Zach Ertz is a top. It's not the top tight end. Uh, Carson Wentz is a top quarterback despite the matchup here, but like you said, Minnesota is not scaring anybody right now. The rest is a bit of a crapshoot right now due to injuries or otherwise. Jay Azai is the backfield, but isn't lighting the world on fire. He's just low in running back, too, in my opinion, with limited limited upside who gets saved in his weeks when he does score a touchdown. Um, Sort of the same reason people used to hate, well, I guess still hate Jordan Howard, although this week gave you a whole other reason to hate Jordan Howard. Nelson Aguilar got his 12 targets, but converted them poorly this week. Uh, his value will follow the targets, though, when he did lead the team. Elshon Jeffrey came back off injury with a solid eight for nine, uh, eight for nine line, 105 yards, and the touchdown. But will likely face Xavier Rhodes this week. Uh, I'd avoid Elshon Jeffrey if possible.
1: Yeah, as you said. Um I'm fine starting Wentz, starting Ertz. I think Wentz would probably throw every single ball to Ertz if he could, uh, just a target yeah. magnet. Um, he'll be an elite tight end one along with Kelsey right now. And As I said a few weeks ago, I, I would have tried to sell high on Ajayi after a big week one. Uh, I see him as a high-end RB3 or flex play as the lead back in this Philadelphia committee, but still somewhat touchdown dependent. Um and as for Alshon Jeffrey, I have a couple statements here. Make of them what you will. Xavier Rhodes is a very good cornerback, but he's not necessarily an elite shutdown guy like Patrick Peterson. Uh, and number two, uh, Brandon Cooks just burned Rhodes, but he also got a long touchdown after Rhodes got benched briefly. Uh, again, make of that what you will. For me, Jeffrey's a boom or bust wide receiver three this week, uh, and I would be okay with playing him depending on your other options here. Um On the other hand, Aglors really regressed since his hot start and just a low on flex play for me here. And then finally, Dallas Goddard um, really didn't see much action with Alshon Jeffrey back in the lineup. Uh, However, he is still a high priority tight end handcuff. If anything were to happen to Zach Ertz, uh, we can see the kind of target share that Goddard would probably get.
0: Philadelphia the the champs did not impress me this past week with a loss those happen these are the best you know football players in the world of course but I I think Kirk Cousins is going to handle this team with uh with with might with strength and with the you know 35 points for this offense give me the give me the Vikings
1: I was back and forth on this game um and usually when that happens I will err on the side of the home team so I'll take Philly here
0: fair enough Arizona at San Francisco. The Arizona offense, did it didn't actually look all that bad versus Seattle, although that Seattle defense is a shell of its former self. I'm not going out of my way to start Josh Rosen or anything like that. David Johnson got his touches back, 22 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown plus three catches for 41 yards on four targets. Start him up. Josh Rosen spread the ball a bit, and it's a little too early for me to see if he prefers Kirk or Williams, the deep ball, or the slot guy, shorter routes or longer routes or even if he prefers the tight end Ricky Seals-Jones, uh, the only safe play for right now is Larry Fitzgerald if he's 100% healthy. He did have 7 targets the past week leading the team, but you know, he he's very shaky right now and I really can't blame you if you want to go with a higher upside type of guy.
1: Yeah, Fitzgerald did play through that hamstring injury, so he's not 100% right now. Um That said, I I think Fitz and and Kirk are both going to be low on flex options for me here. Um, Obviously, there's upside given the way that the San Francisco secondary has been playing. As for Johnson, uh, I've got him as a mid-range RB, 2 They're finally involving him in the passing game a little bit more here. Uh, Rosen is going to be good news for this offense as a whole, as we've seen, but um, I think he's just still a streaming option. Uh, He does have upside against an, an iffy 49ers defense, though.
0: Tough loss for the Niners with Garak Lowe for the season, um, but C.J. Beathard played pretty well versus the Chargers. Even with Beathard, Breeda is a PPR flex option pending uh, Beathard's health here. And George Kittle had a big game due to a connection that dates back to college at Iowa, Beathard and Beathard and Kittle. Last week, six catches, eight uh, eight targets, 125 yards, and a touchdown for the, uh, I believe that was the top uh, top scoring tight end line on the week, right?
1: Uh, it was either him or Cook. Oh Cook. no, it was it was it was Jared Cook. Yeah, Cook bad. might have had a couple more points. Yep, uh, Pierre Garcon had the most wide receiver
0: targets, four tar- four catches on seven targets And fifty-two yards. He's a low upside PPR flex option. Uh, Goodwood had limited targets and uh, left the game with a hamstring injury. I'm not expecting much from him. Um, is is Bethard supposed to start this game right
1: now? I couldn't find any info on that. Um, as far as I'm aware, I, I believe he'll be all right.
0: Well, in that case, then, then I, I'd probably stick with that same thing. If he can't play, I do like Garcon a little more, um, especially more than the deeper threats. Uh, I mean, it's tough with this team, because Dante Pettis may be out for, for quite some time now, too. It's it's just sort of ugly all over the place, and I, I don't really have any faith in Al Morris, because he, he's not going to have the game script to play in his favor.
1: Yeah, the Niners are really dealing with uh, a... Yeah pretty rough uh injury situation here um the lone bright spot really is george kittle and yeah. it's only one game so far but remember when i was gushing about kittle a few weeks ago um, i do yeah i mean i was talking him up and and you know he's still a mid-range tight end one for me this week even with all the injuries especially with marquise goodwin and dante pettis both questionable you know goodwin as you said he's got that hamstring and pettis has that knee um I think Kittle could potentially be the top target in this Kyle Shanahan offense for the remainder of the year here. Um, as for Beathard, I wouldn't start him this week, assuming he's healthy enough to go, but uh, he does have a few viable streaming quarterback weeks uh, with San Francisco facing Oakland and Tampa Bay later on in the season. Uh, really, it's it's faith in Shanahan. That, that's what's driving this. Uh, he makes this fantasy offense uh, relevant no matter who's playing quarterback. and. I don't expect Peterson to shadow anyone here, so if Goodwin can play, he'll be a low-end flex option and Garcon a high-end wide receiver four. But if Goodwin is out, then I'd bump Garcon up to the low-end flex play. Um, I don't love Kendrick Bourne regardless, despite that touchdown against the Chargers. And then keep an eye on Matt Breda too, because he re-injured his shoulder that he had some issues with in the preseason. If Breda plays, he'll be a flex. And if he's out, I think Alfred Morris is still startable as a flex. He's an okay pass catcher, even though they prefer to use him as a runner. Um, Raheem Mostert's the third string running back on the Niners, so keep an eye on him as well. But I don't think that Mostert needs to be added yet outside of deeper leagues. And call me crazy here, but I think this Niners team is still fighting, and there's still an okay bet here at home. Uh, Give me the Niners.
0: Yeah, I didn't actually look at any of the lines this week, but I, to me this just feels like the perfect storm for Josh Rosen to come in, maybe get a win here, um, more, mostly on the back of Patrick Peterson and Buda Baker, forcing um, C.J. Forcing Beathard to make a couple mistakes that will lead to turnovers and an Arizona win.
1: Hmm. Buda Baker, fun name. That's all I got. Moving on.
0: It's a great name. Great name. Wish he was on the Bears. L.A. Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, like I said before, with the with, uh, with the Vikings, nothing changes for the Rams based on Thursday's game. Goff is a solid enough quarterback start. Gurley is a monster start. And Cooks, Cup, and Woods are great plays in that order. Two weeks ago, Woods had multiple touchdowns. Uh, this past game, Cooper Cup had multiple touchdowns. Maybe Brandon Cooks will hit Pater twice this week. And they each have very good weekly floors. These are what I call an ideal flex play, with Cooks, of course, an upside wide receiver, too.
1: Yes, Sean McVay is just, he's a genius. I mean, you're you're starting everybody on the Rams. You were starting Goff, even if Earl Thomas were healthy. Um, but with, especially with Thomas out with that leg fracture, um, there's really nothing to scare you about Seattle. You're starting Goff. You're starting Gurley. As you said, you're starting all the wide receivers. I've got Cooks as a low-end wide receiver one. Cup and Woods are both high-end wide receiver threes or low-end wide receiver twos. Uh, you're just, you're not benching anybody on the Rams ever.
0: No, as long as they're not a tight end right and that's probably why that is probably why these wide receivers are so productive because they don't ask for much from their tight ends
1: yeah i mean just this rams team is just so fun to watch oh yeah oh yeah that's for sure um and uh, just a quick uh, quick update here uh sammy watkins is out for the remainder of the game with that hamstring injury so keep an eye on him for next week
0: Well, that's not good. Okay. I needed three points, Sammy. Three points. And now I have lost lost all hope of anything this week. All right. Seattle Seahawks. Seattle, Seattle Seahawks are facing the Rams this week. As we were talking, but thanks, Monk. By the way, thanks for chiming in with that. <laughs> no problem. The Rams have a tough defense, and I would temper any and all expectations for Seattle here. Of course, as soon as you bench Russell Wilson, he is the quarterback one on the week, so I wouldn't do that exactly. Chris Carson was a late-day scratch, and Mike Davis, of course, came in and led the team. Not, 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 Reci- not Rashad Penny, you heard right, Mike Davis, 21 carries from nowhere, 101 yards and two touchdowns, of course. If you started him, you've got luck on your side, and you're a liar. Rashad Penny only had nine carries to his 21. I, I, I don't get it. Rashad Penny doesn't look like he's in great shape, but Mike Davis, come on. Uh, I guess we need to see what happens this week, but, but the Rams are so tough. I'd say the starting running back, whoever it is, um, is not a good option. Chris Carson will likely be back. Him and Davis are, and Penny will split the carries. It's going to be a an Indianapolis Colts-type situation that that I'm just not going to want to touch. Um, Tyler Lockett may be a low-end flex option here. Um, Will Disley left the game injured, though none of us were recommending him. Uh, Doug Baldwin has a tough pull against these corners, though he might be just fine if he stays in the slot and isn't followed by any of them. Uh, I, I could see a 10-target day the way this team is shaping up.
1: Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson is a fantasy quarterback 20 right now, but he always seems yeah. to turn things around midway through the season. I, I don't love him here, but, you know, it de- it depends who you, who your options are. I would probably rather start guys that we've mentioned, like Andy Dalton. Um, but Wilson is still going to be a high-end QB2 for me at home. It's, it's not going to be the worst thing if you have to start him. Uh, it, as you said, it does sound like Carson would be back this week from that hip injury, but, again, you mentioned, you know, you really don't want to start any of these Seattle running backs because Pete Carroll already came out and said that Davis is still going to be evolved, involved involved um, even if Carson does come back so who knows um I I'd really I'd avoid all the running backs as for the wide receivers uh, even with the cube to out for quite some time Marcus Peters Sam Shields are both playing well as is Nickel Ruby Coleman who's an excellent slot corner so I don't love Baldwin or Lockett has more than just the flex play here uh, especially with baldwin still not at 100 percent nick vanetzka gonna be the guy who's gonna step in at tight end with will disley done for the season with that torn patillar tendon but the seattle tight end position is one to avoid in fantasy in general and finally just how can you bet against the rams right now you know give me the rams
0: you you can't you, you absolutely can't give me the rams as well dallas at houston sunday night football little texas showdown uh Dak Dak Prescott had a usable day versus Detroit, and he's a sneaky start option for me here, though you probably don't need a sneaky start option with the only quarterbacks out this week being Mitchell Trubisky and whoever Tampa's deciding to go with uh, from this point forward. Uh, He might have a good shot at some rushing yards, though scrambling from the Houston pass rush, always a chance for him to score a rushing touchdown as well. Zeke is a running back one, great game versus Detroit, 25 carries, 152 yards, and four catches for 88 yards and a receiving touchdown jeff swain did have a receiving touchdown now uh, that's that's the cowboys tight end for those keeping track at home but i am not betting on that happening again here
1: Hmm. well uh what do you know cowboys do well when they throw the ball to ezekiel Elliott. just shocking um Elliott's really the only reliable guy to start here uh, he'll be an rb1 uh, Prescott will be a streaming option but he's risk reward against a, a lethal Houston pass rush but then a struggling Houston secondary so who knows um, if you're desperate I guess Cole Beasley is a boomer bust wide receiver four but really no one's emerged as a as a go-to receiver in Dallas so avoiding them all uh, certainly looks like they could use Des Bryant right about now
0: yeah I I don't know about there being any boom in Cole Beasley. It's it's either bust or like seven pole points is his boom.
1: Yeah, um, actually, it's funny because Ryan Switzer last night did pretty well for Pittsburgh as, you know, Big Ben's checked down. And, uh, you know, Dallas, for some reason, traded him to Oakland, who then traded him to Pittsburgh.
0: That's right. A lot, a lot of questionable decisions that happen in, uh, happen in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but that's another story for another day. Um, Deshaun Watson turned in a nice day versus Indianapolis 372 yards two touchdowns and an interception plus 40 yards and a touchdown rushing he always has that rushing upside Uh, Deshaun Watson continued to make a usable wide receiver usable wide receiver two for us even with Will Fuller getting injured Kiki QT stepped in and had a nice day 11 targets uh, sorry 11 catches 15 targets 109 yards out of relative obscurity for everybody except for dynasty players with Bruce Sillington on the IR and Fuller Hurt with his hamstring I, I think Q.T. makes for a nice add in flex play this week um Watson has shown that he does a good job of using his wide receivers pushing the ball downfield ignoring his tight ends and getting plenty of opportunities for his wide receiver one and wide receiver two on the outside um, He's not great for his tight end or running back receiving value of course, but, but that's not what we're talking about right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kiki. Do you love me? I do love Kiki in uh fantasy this week. Uh you know, as long as Will Fuller's out with that hamstring issue uh that he struggled with in the preseason, I think that like, Kiki Cutie, 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 I don't know. Cutie. Cutie, cutie pie. You know. Like those little tangerines. Yeah, yeah. Well, QD will be a high-end wide receiver three or flex here. Uh, Like I said, as long as Fuller's out, Um, Watson's throwing a ton with the Texans' secondary struggling, and he's adding points on the ground. Uh, He's a fine mid-range QB1 option again this week. Uh, Of course, you're starting Hopkins. And then I I really don't know what to say about Lamar Miller. That's a bad call by me in the preseason. I was really high on him. Uh, I thought he was going to get more of the workload this year, but... Miller's been inefficient as a runner and just not being used in the passing game. Um he's just a low end flex play right now and honestly, I would sell low on him if you can because Alfred Blue's getting a ton of work and Dante Foreman may be back in a couple more weeks too. So uh I, yeah, Miller's a frustrating call. Uh, my bad. Um and again, this is another game that I kind of flip-flopped on, but uh I will I will err on the side of the home team. So I'll I'll take Houston in the Battle for Texas
0: yeah i am gonna take dallas i i don't know i just think maybe ezekiel elliott is the difference maker here um alfred Lou though he's he's an anomaly he's he's survived with this sort of role of just tanking his starting running backs value through through multiple regimes now he's been here with bill o'brien and he was back with gary kubiak i think right
1: yeah, it seems like no matter where Lamar Miller goes, they just don't want to give him the touches. Uh, who was it that was blocking him in in Miami for so long? I can't remember now.
0: Oh goodness, I I almost said Ricky Williams, but I think that's a little too far back.
1: Oh no, yeah. <laughs> um, but regardless, I just ugh, so, something with Miller just ah, anyway, yeah, Houston.
0: Yeah, Houston, Houston. Uh, Dallas, Dallas for me. Washington and New Orleans. Monday Night Football, da, 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 all those good things. New, New Orleans defense is is not particularly scary. As a matter of fact, they're not scary at all. But the Washington wide receiver court is scary with Alex Smith at the helm. Scary in a way that you're avoiding them despite this very juicy matchup. Unfortunately, Jordan Reed's a tight end one, and Chris Thompson's a running back two with with that PPR upside always Adrian Peterson's a tough call for me, but, but given the running back depth that exists in the league and the injuries, if you have him, you're probably having to start him. He's a top five, uh, running back option. I I really wish I could get behind a wide receiver for Washington this game, but, but it just isn't in the cards.
1: Yeah. I I would like Peterson more most weeks, but I I see Washington trailing here for the most part. So I don't love him. Would prefer Thompson here. Um, Smith, I, I think he's a high upside QB two here facing the Saints. Um, I'll echo your thoughts about Reed as well, but I think there's a little ray of hope here for Jameson Crowder and Paul Richardson. Uh, again, that Saints secondary has been so awful. Both are risky, just you know, desperation wide receiver fours, but they do both have high potential. Um, I, I I wouldn't feel safe starting them, but I I think in terms of DS, DFS options, I like them. Um sure sure I can see that. I just I for me I don't think Jameson Crowder needs to be owned, but I've always had a soft spot for, excuse me soft spot for him. Uh, I think he's worth a look maybe this week.
0: All right. Man. As for the Saints, not a ton of amazing analysis to finish this out here, unfortunately. Brees, Kamara, and Thomas are great to go. Three touchdowns for Alvin Kamara last week. I still think Ingram is worth acquiring on the cheat if able, before he shows up and, and shows us what he can do. Remember last year, both he and Kamara were t- were running back one starts. Every week they were together. Um, I, I'm not thinking this will be too high scoring of an affair for Washington. So look for the other running backs to help grind this game out. Mike Gillisley, um, this is the sort of thing that Mark Ingram will be doing exactly. Mike Gillisley will not be on the field once Mark Ingram's back. Heck, Mike Gillisley might not even be on the team once Mark Ingram's been back.
1: Yeah, um, I mean Kamara gets a, Kamara gets a little bit of a downgrade with Ingram back, but you're still starting him as an RB one. Uh, for this week, until we see what kind of usage Ingram's gonna get, I have him as just a mid-range RB three or flex play, um, right. depending on what running backs you have on by or if you've been getting by with just streaming running backs somehow. Um, you're starting him if you've held on to him since you drafted him. Uh, of course, you're starting Breeze and Thomas as well, and Ted Ginn's still that boomer bust desperation wide receiver four. And then Ben Watson, so frustrating too. I, I liked him going into the season. He dropped another touchdown against the Giants. I, I still believe that he's a weekly high-end tight end too, but it's just becoming increasingly frustrating, increasingly frustrating with Breeze Either missing him or him dropping passes. Um, you know, with Ingram back up uh, and potentially New Orleans running it more near the goal line too. I think Watson's droppable if you need that roster spot. Although I will say the upside's still there. Um, I'll take the Saints at home.
0: Yeah, give me the Saints here, easy. All right. That takes us into our bye weeks, our bye week teams this week. Unfortunately, we didn't really get to dive into an amazing game we saw from Chicago. Mitch Trubisky, Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Trey Burton, all on a bye this week, of course. Just had to say all their names because they all scored touchdowns. Thank you, Chicago Bears. Mitch Trubisky heard, heard the Boo Birds, heard the peoples calling for... Uh, well, they they weren't really calling for Chase Daniel, but but yeah, the message was received that he wasn't getting it done in six touchdowns, uh, tying a Bears record. Amazing, uh, Mitchell Trubisky. He, he just unleashed the beast for 350 yards. Just crazy. He, he he is a streamable quarterback versus some exploitable defenses in the next few weeks, but it is really hard for me to trust any other players with reliability here. Uh, we know I love Jordan Howard, and of course, he saw very limited use in this drubbing of Tampa Bay. He's a boomer bust, running back two for right now, but I honestly, I think his talent will win out. I think... I think he will end up being a high-end running back, too, for the rest of this season. Uh, as for Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston, Ronald Jones, Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, Chris Godwin, Cameron Brate, and O.J. Howard are out this week. Ryan Fitzpatrick got pulled for Jameis Winston, who then gave us 145 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. I, I, call me crazy. I prefer Fitz, Fitzpatrick for this team from a fantasy side, but it sounds like Winston is the guy now. Fitzpatrick is dropable if you were starting fantasy but Winston just cannot connect with these wide receivers as well as as well as uh, Fitzpatrick does and if you do think Winston is going to be the starter here um, I would look to shopping around OJ Howard and maybe picking up Cameron Brate because for whatever reason Winston does not have a connection with OJ Howard
1: yeah and I mean OJ Howard's gonna be out for a few weeks anyway with that injury so for sure um, Sad, of course yeah we will definitely talk about Cameron Brate in just a second in the waiver ads but first the injuries Um, luckily no quarterbacks with injuries of note this week Uh, Rodgers is still recovering from that knee sprain and Mark Mariota is still recovering with that elbow injury but both have been playing well so uh, no worries about them Um, the running backs here we got Matt Breda with a shoulder injury he's questionable but he finished the game against the Chargers so you would think he's likely excuse me likely to play Um, keep an eye on his practices Chris Carson with an injury um, with the hip uh, sounds like he's going to play this week too, but again, monitor those practice reports, uh, Joe Mixon coming back from that right knee surgery. It sounds like he's likely this week again, monitor the practice reports. Um, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but these are all guys who are likely to play, but you know, just, uh, you never know. Um, Devante Freeman, knee contusion, likely to play monitor the practice reports Calvin or excuse me, Dalvin cook hamstring injury. He's likely to play, but he could be on a snap count again. So, um, you know, Losa, it sounds like you like him more than I do, but just something to monitor. Marlon Mack, hamstring injury, questionable for week five. Um, Again, monitor practice, but it sounds like the Colts running back by committee is going to be frustrating regardless. Uh, Corey Clement with the quad injury, he missed week four unexpectedly. He'll be questionable for this week. Uh, Darren Sproles with a hamstring injury, he's missed multiple weeks now. So again, he's questionable as well. Uh, again, these guys don't really have standalone value, but it would impact potentially Jay and uh, in, in his production going forward. And then Leonard Fournette, frustrating with that hamstring strain, re-injured it. Um, could be out a few weeks. Uh, some reports are saying possibly even uh, Jacksonville's week nine bye if it's serious enough. And then finally, Rex Burkhead with a neck injury. He was placed on IR. Uh, there's a chance that he could return late in the season for the Patriots playoff run. Uh, but he is droppable, I think, in redraft leagues.
0: As for your wide receivers, Larry Fitzgerald has his hamstring injury. He played through it this past week. He is likely to play in Week 5. T.Y. Hilton strained his hamstring, questionable for this week, likely out as Indianapolis plays a short weekend Thursday. Will Fuller with a hamstring strain, questionable for this week, could have restrained his preseason injury, in which case it will be a multiple-week recovery, just like Leonard Fournette's. <coughs> Excuse me. Randall Cobb also with a hamstring injury questionable for week five monitor practice reports this week um, He was not close to playing this week and is likely out this next one Geronimo Ellison had a concussion in the game questionable for week five Everyone recovers from concussions at a different uh, different pace. So it's anyone's guess all we can do is monitor and listen uh, Marquise Goodwin also injured his hamstring questionable for week five monitor the practice reports and Dante Pettis had a knee injury he is uh, questionable for week five you were not likely starting him anyway Um, he looked like he would probably be missing a couple weeks Uh, did not look good on the field
1: yeah I think the uh, the theme of this week is hurting hamstrings
0: yeah right um I think I tweaked
1: mine yesterday (laughs) yeah and then we got Sammy Watkins tonight so yeah All right, on to the tight ends here. Uh, Rob Gronkowski with an ankle injury. Sounds like it's not serious, but he is questionable to play Thursday night on a short week. Um, Jack Doyle with a hip injury. He's missed two weeks now. He's questionable as well, but again, Indy plays Thursday as well, um, so it sounds unlikely. Greg Olson with a foot fracture. Uh, He's questionable for this week, but likely another week or two away. That said, he's worth picking up if you've got the roster space. Um, O.J. Howard has a sprained MCL. He's out for another two to four weeks. Uh, Tyler Eifert, broken ankle, very sad, out for the season. He's droppable as far as fantasy is concerned. And same with Will Disley with a patellar tendon tear. He's out for the season and droppable as well. And then finally, we've got, uh, just to mention, Greg Zerline with that groin injury. Just because he's such a good fantasy kicker when healthy, he's questionable. And honestly, he's probably droppable at this point if you need the roster spot. Um, Sam Ficken's played fine in his absence as a short-term replacement. If you're needing somebody to pick up here,
0: good kicker, bad groin. Not not a great combination, but you gotta you gotta work on that PRP that sucker or something. As for our weekly free agents, wide wide receiver ad, or uh, sorry waiver wire ads for for week five, Andy Dalton. 52.9% owned in ESPN, 62% Yahoo. Another week, another nice fantasy day for Andy Dalton. He's a legitimate low-end quarterback, one for the rest of the season, even after losing Tyler Eifert, and should be owned in most leagues. Tyler Boyd stepping into that role very nicely and always having that speedster John Russ. Joe Flacco, 16% owned in ESPN, 25% Yahoo. Again, like Dalton, we've been talking him up for a couple weeks now. He's a high-end quarterback, too, again this week in a decent matchup at Cleveland. Mitchell Trubisky, 19% ESPN, 15% Yahoo. We finally saw the ceiling for the Bears offense, and it was much higher than we thought it was, let me tell you, brother. But they do have a bye week five. If you have a roster spot to hold him, he's got a nice matchup at week six versus Miami here. And Blake Bortles, 18% ESPN, 33% Yahoo. He will kill you, murder your team with some bad games. I'm talking sub-five points. But he'll need to throw more with Fournette out a while. He also gets a very good matchup at Kansas City this week, and he's my
1: risk-reward quarterback of this week. Yeah, could certainly pay off. Hopefully, if you start him, he'll do better than Ryan Tannehill did last week. Um, Moving on to the running backs here, TJ Yeldon, 46% owned in ESPN, 50% owned in Yahoo. He may have been dropped with Fournette active this past week, but... Fournette is injured again, so Yeldon is going to be a priority pickup here. He'll be a mid-range RB2 with upside as long as Fournette's out and has a great matchup this week as well against Kansas City. Aaron Jones, 55% owned in ESPN, 72% in Yahoo. Jones is the best back in Green Bay. Um, he's a flex play for now without that consistent usage, but he's got high-end RB2 upside. If he starts getting more touches, he should be owned. Buck Allen, 61% owned in ESPN, 62% in Yahoo. Um, Allen had a down week at Pittsburgh, but he's still getting a ton of touches, and he may see even more after that Alex Collins fumble near the goal line. Allen's going to be a usable RB3 or flex going forward. Naim Hines, 15% owned in ESPN, and 15% owned in Yahoo as well. Uh, I wouldn't go crazy here, as Marlon Mack could be back at some point soon. But again, with the Colts playing on a short week Thursday night here, uh, it's likely that Hilton, Mack, and Doyle will all be out again. So Hines could be a short-term PPR RB2 this week in a high-scoring game at New England. And finally, Alfred Morris, 59% owned in ESPN, 50% owned in Yahoo. Uh, Morris isn't a priority pickup here, but he's a good add if you've been starting Matt Breda and just want the insurance. Or if you've been desperate at running back, uh, he's still getting the goal line carries in San Francisco. So always a chance that he could score a touchdown here.
0: At wide receiver, we of course have the aforementioned John Brown, 63% in ESPN, 72% owned in Yahoo. Brown had a big week at Pittsburgh It has another nice matchup here at Cleveland this coming week. He's a weekly low-end wide receiver two or high-end wide receiver three, depending on league size, and should be owned. Tyler Boyd, 66% ESPN, 72% Yahoo. Copy and paste what we just said about John Brown. Tyler Boyd is the clear number two wide receiver behind A.J. Green on a good Bengals offense that is clicking and firing. And he may see even more targets now with Tyler Eifert out for the year. He should be owned in all leagues like John Brown. Tiki QT, .4% ESPN, 3% Yahoo. Go jump on him. Get on there before anybody else does. With Will Fuller potentially out a few weeks, QT steps into a very productive number two role in Houston. He's a weekly wide receiver three with upside for as long as Fuller is out. Uh, as Bruce Ellington is out for the year and that spot is his to have you've got to scroll down because his projected points are not going to be uh, not going to be up there they're not going to say 10 12 so you have to actually look for him don't just forget about him when you look through your waivers um, or through your free agency Mike Williams 53% ESPN 74% Yahoo a lot of owners got burned by Williams this past week if he's dropped He's still a boomer bust flex option in this Chargers offense. I can see you shying away from him this week, but this kid oozes talent. The most talented wide receiver that we've mentioned of the first four so far. Dante Moncrief, 9% ESPN, 6% Yahoo. Jacksonville is inconsistent on offense, but Moncrief had a great matchup this week at Kansas City and has a lot of upside. He's a boomer bust wide receiver, 3 or flex if you need help, and somehow this guy just has a nose for the end zone. Even when he was with Andrew Luck, his target numbers would be down in the three-four area, and he'd come up with a touchdown or two every week. Just, just amazing. Taywan Taylor, four percent ESPN, three percent Yahoo. If this Tennessee offense can continue to improve as Mariota as gets to 100 percent health, Taylor could be a wide receiver three or flex option going forward. With Rashard Matthews having left the team, Mohamed Sanu, 49 percent ESPN, 15 percent owned in Yahoo, with. Atlanta throwing off and in shootouts with how bad their injured defense is. Mohamed Sanu is a viable boomer bust wide receiver four and a Julio Jones injury away from wide receiver two production. I personally prefer him to Calvin Ridley. He has more consistent production. He's on the field a heck of a lot more than Calvin Ridley is. So you can go ahead and s- swipe him up and be happy with the results. Geronimo Allison, 43% owned ESPN, 47% Yahoo. He is questionable with a concussion this week for week five but he has become a wide receiver handcuff, with Randall Cobb constantly being banged up. He's a boomer bust wide receiver four when both Cobb and Adams are healthy, but has wide receiver three or even higher upside with either of those guys out. Quincy Anunma, 67% ESPN, 57% Yahoo. He had a quiet week versus Jacksonville, as expected, but he's still Sam Darnold's favorite target and a weekly PPR wide receiver three. Taylor Gabriel, 6% in ESPN, 6% in Yahoo as well. With Anthony Miller out with the shoulder, Gabriel blew up against a bad Tampa Bay secondary. He's just a boomer bust wide receiver forward, but he's worth a look in some deeper leagues. Antonio Callaway, 32% ESPN, 38% Yahoo. He didn't do much versus Oakland, I'll give you that. But he had nine targets, second most only behind Jarvis Landry. As Baker Mayfield develops. Antonio Callaway could have some high upside as the young man.
1: And uh, before we get to the tight ends here, just a real quick game break. Can I just say that Patrick Mahomes looks so good, even though they didn't convert this um, scoring or this uh, drive um, with a touchdown at the end. Uh, that play that he made, um, where he was he avoided the sack, he stepped up to run, and then right when he got to the line of scrimmage, he knew exactly where he was on the field, and he threw the ball. And that's a veteran play right now. Yes, sir all right, yes, sir um, and this
0: is this is also a good opportunity for him to see what a see what a pass rush looks like he the I mean he he can do nothing but benefit from playing in this game when we're talking about next week because Jacksonville has a well Jacksonville's pass rush is a little stauncher, but but I don't know if they have anybody who could be quite compete uh quite compared to von Miller I mean von Miller you know is a is a former defensive player of the year,
1: yeah, I mean this it's the box score doesn't show it but he's playing really well tonight um That's right.
0: and when when did denver uh start being able to defend the tight end no catches for travis kelsey
1: yeah i you know i responded to a tweet just before the game that kelsey always demolishes the broncos when they play but he's yeah he's really been bracketed you know they're they're covering him like gronk they're putting two three guys on him
0: yes sir they're and, they're, and i think I I think uh, Chris Harris is also getting away with a little bit of ticky-tack P.I. I I think these calls could go either way, but he has given a little tug on these arms. I I mean, I'm not apologizing for Travis Kelsey. He's a big, big, strong man. He needs to muscle up and get the job done. But, But I think Chris Harris is getting away with a little more than he maybe ought to.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know about all you guys listening, but to me, even though the score is tied right now in the third quarter, it just feels like Kansas City is still kind of controlling this game, but we'll we'll see what happens. Um, all right, let's move on to the tight end waiver wire pickups here. Cameron Brait, 10% owned in ESPN, 24% owned in Yahoo. Um, as we said, OJ Howard's going to be out two to four weeks with a sprained MCL, and even when Howard returns, Cameron Brait was James Winston's preferred red zone tight end target last year. Um, Braid should be a low-end tight end one for the next few weeks if you have the roster room to stash him through their bye week this week. Vance McDonald we talked about briefly as well. 31% owned in ESPN, 43% owned in Yahoo. Now that McDonald's finally healthy, he's displaying those skills. Um, this is why Pittsburgh went out and got him. His snap count has been increasing steadily, and he could be a low-end tight end one for the remainder of the season. Tyler Croft, 0.4% owned in ESPN, 1% owned in Yahoo. As we said, Eifert was a preferred target of Andy Dalton's in this Cincinnati offense, and Croft is going to step in as that primary receiving tight end. Just a fantasy tight end too right now, but Croft could return tight end one value down the road if he starts to gel with Dalton. Eric Ebron, 69% owned in ESPN, 80% owned in Yahoo. Just bringing up just in case he's not owned in your league. Again, on a short week, uh, playing on the road at New England, he'll be a tight end one again this week, assuming Doyle is still out. And even when Doyle returns, Ebron has high end tight end two upside uh, as one of Luck's preferred red zone targets right now. Dallas Goddard, we talked about briefly as well, 11% owned in in ESPN, 13% owned in Yahoo. Uh, Without Sean Jeffrey back, Goddard didn't get many targets, but again, still has that weekly touchdown potential. And then in deeper bench leagues, he's a Zach injury away from top three tight end potential.
0: Yeah, I have. Uh, I I am shocked with how highly owned Eric Ebron is. You're, you're sure about those numbers? Jeez.
1: Yeah, he's he's owned in quite a few leagues.
0: Well, he was going to be my uh, my low special uh, unowned tight end one in your league this week, but I guess I've got to go elsewhere. Um, because he probably is owned in your week, well, in your league, he he did not deserve it until uh, until this very week, but I guess he had the touchdowns. But despite like two targets a week, I don't know. Um, I guess I'll go with Austin Safarian Jenkins, sticking with Jacksonville as the uh, as the tight end special unowned tight end finishing one of the week. And uh, if, if we know how that's been going so far, he'll probably finish outside of the top thirty tight ends. So so be sure to. Be sure to not listen to me I don't know.
1: I'm with you on that, <laughs> on the uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins call this week. I'll, I'll give you that one.
0: All right. Um, Dan Bailey, will kick off our kicker. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll start off our kickers with Dan Bailey, 40% ESPN, 44% Yahoo. <coughs> As Mung mentioned last week, the Buffalo game was an anomaly for an otherwise good Minnesota offense. Bailey is one of the most accurate kickers in league history playing on a team with a good offense. He's a fantasy kicker you can set and forget the rest of the season. He was unemployed not for not for talent issues. He was cut for salary issues by Dallas. Ryan Suckup, 19% owned ESPN, 20% Yahoo Suckup has been a model of consistency. And with Tennessee's defense playing well, they will not hesitate to kick plenty of field goals in low-scoring games. Cody Parkey, 12% ESPN, 5% Yahoo. If the Bears offense can continue this hot streak after their week five by... Parky could be a productive fantasy kicker. You don't need to roster him this week, but keep him on your watch list going into week six or add him preemptively in deep, deep bench leagues. And then a couple defenses that are still available in some leagues. Baltimore, 77% in ESPN, 69 in Yahoo. If the Ravens' defense was dropped in your league after a quiet couple of weeks, pick them up, even though their fantasy scoring hasn't been great. They have been playing very well. And they get their top cornerback, Jimmy Smith, back from suspension this week. The fantasy points will come. Carolina, 28% ESPN, 40% Yahoo. The the Panthers got Eli Manning at home this week, fresh off their bye. They also signed former Pro Bowl safety Eric Reid to bolster that secondary. Tennessee, 39% owned ESPN, 13% in Yahoo. The Titans' defense has been playing well and, uh, and got up to go against rookie Josh Allen in Buffalo this week. You can do worse than them as a streaming option, and that is for certain.
1: Yep. And uh, really, whether you're 0-4, 4-0, and and or somewhere in between, there's plenty of games left in the season. Um, stay vigilant on the waiver wire here. Uh, we've given you plenty of options to cover bye weeks, cover guys who are injured on your squad. Um, lots of time left. Don't give up here. Uh, and as always, if you have more specific questions about whether to drop someone for another player on the waiver wire, whether it's lineup questions, whatever it might be, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FFA underscore Mung, that's M-E-N-G.
0: I'm at FFA underscore Los, L-O-S, especially if you want to rag on me for for picking such horrible tight ends week in and week out, Johnu Smith. I am sorry. No, I'm not sorry, because this is fun for me. Um, we, we, uh, you can also tweet at our, uh, our producer, Dan, at FFA underscore Dan. And then, of course, we are available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Whether you're listening to us on your computer or mobile device, go ahead and get in there. And subscribe, because um, you know, downloading is good for you.
1: And as always, that's Fantasy World, and we're all just addicts
0: in it. <laughs> Thanks, addicts. This summer, enjoy a Plymouth Gin and Tonic. Just add tonic, ice and a slice of orange for the perfect cocktail every time. Plymouth Gin is distilled using a blend of seven hand-selected botanicals, always staying true to Plymouth's original recipe. Plymouth Gin, since 1793.